Welcome to Arcade Attack. <laughs> A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Sonic Boom! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's James and welcome. It's another AA podcast and I'm your host today, taking care of you if I can. I will try my very best. I have with me, of course, the usual ragtag, but extremely lovable collection of retro game lovers. Adrian! Yeah, I'm, I'm here. He's Always here. here. <laughs> Mind, body, yeah. and spirit today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dylan! Yes, James. How are you, sir? Thank you, and thank you for fueling us on this fine day. Bought James some has, snacks. James has bought more snacks than can fit in my house, and also <laughs> some coffee. So. We've filled, li- filled a little bag, so I've gone a bit nuts today, yeah, but there we go. Man. Great deals, great deals. Um, and I've got um, to my left, of course, Keith. How are you, sir? Hello. I'm good, thank you. Nice to see you. Yeah, and um, thank you very much. And um, <laughs> recently, um, I was going to say a little bird told me, but I was actually at your party. So. Yeah, you knew. <laughs> you did know, you did know. You had the big one, didn't you? And I a big did. Birthday. Yeah, um, yeah. What was it? What was uh, the 21. 21 again? <laughs> yeah. Ew. 21 again. 20 times 2. Yes. Um, that one. So because of that, um, I um, there's, a, there's a little something on the table, a couple of little somethings Aww. on the table for you. So I thought rather than us dive straight into the you know the meat on the bones of today's, today's pod, which okay. by the way, nobody knows what it is yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret. Um, yeah, have a, have an open of that little mysterious box Thank on the you, table. James, okay. It's That's like one of those YouTube videos, like we bought a mystery box. Like, unboxing. For however much, box. what is in it? I mean, I can't, I can Oh, no, you've gone straight into it. I thought I was going to offer some scissors. Straight into it. No, no, uh, you see, I, 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 I thought of scissors. that because it's just a little bit of tape on top, you see. I didn't, ah, didn't go crazy. Go, go for the one in the bottom first. Okay. Because I think that okay. may, that may become relevant definitely today with the, with the recording sesh that we've got ahead of us. I like the wrapping paper. It's well wrapped, isn't it? On brand. I've got kids. <laughs> I've, done, I've done a few Christmases. <laughs> Two Keith, happy birthday, fella! Love from the Millers. Thank you oh. very much. Man. That's right. Really that's right, I didn't rap. I didn't rap. That's all right. Yeah, present. but you don't know. That's your. That's your edge. <laughs> yeah, I just don't rap. If found empty, please return to the kettle. <laughs> Come on. Aww. <laughs> Aww. It's a little mug. It's a mug. So you'll it's never run mug. out of tea. Because when Bless. it's empty, people take you back to the kettle. Hey, presto. In other words, you're subtly telling I'll, people, I'll have another brew. I'll feed back and let you know if this works at home. <laughs> it's like a homing mug. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if it works. I'll test it out. I don't know if Michelle's going to be overly mm. overly enamoured with this. She doesn't, she doesn't make a very good cup of tea. Oh, no. Ooh, <laughs> hang on, Tom. She doesn't listen to this. Jesus, which shots are to this. <laughs> so she will after this. I'll, I'll tag her. I'll tag her in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the second? Oh, I can feel bubble you won't, wrap. You won't in a million years guess what this wrap. is. This is the gaming related one. Oh, God. Although, to the paper. Although tea is kind of gaming related, no? Because you, tea while you're you, gaming. You need your fuel, don't you? Yeah. Cup of tea? 100%. Oh, this is well wrapped. Oh, a bit of ASMR on yeah, the mic there. Yeah, I was going to say that, actually. Bit, bit of bubble yeah. wrap on the mic. Go on, get it nice and close. Go on. <laughs> Oh, this is it. the arcade attack. <laughs> it's a little black box. <laughs> Sheila's little black book. <laughs> it's just a really tiny. Is it that of it. small? Yeah. 
Oh, oh, that's amazing. Those are... Oh, it's all the keys from it's Resident Evil. It's the keys from Resident Evil 2. The diamond key, the heart key, the club key. Very and good. The that's key. very that's cool. awesome. Very I love good. that. Thank you, man. Oh, wow, that's so cool. I figured cool. that might go, because I, I was like, I was thinking of something like small just to kind of... I was like, what hasn't he got? And I was watching, I was re-watching the video that we've, we've posted out on the posted out on oh, social my little room. Yeah. of the, the, the tour of the <laughs> man cave. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I was looking, I was going, okay, he's got Ghostbusters, he's got Predator, he's got... Right, right. Ah, hang on. And, and obviously... <laughs> oh, no, I love those. They're very cool. They're re- yeah, really cool. You like? I do. Thank you, mate. I really cool. appreciate that. I think what we next no to do is chloroform Keith. Um, put put him in a weird mansion somewhere. Turn all the locks to those and just hide the keys. Even keys. better, do it in his own house. Yes. So change, get a lock, change, change the, the locks. locks to those keys, and then he has to, he has to work out. Yeah, how to find the keys. And somehow oh, that's really zombies. cool. Somehow, I'm sure we could. Yeah, I'm sure we, we could rustle up get rustle up some <laughs> rustle up some zombies. Just, just go to Croydon at three a.m. I'm sure you find quite a few hey, 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 zombies. Yeah, there's that dig yeah. at Croydon. <laughs> it's, it's almost standard now on most pods, isn't it? Yeah. So. Thank Congrats, you very much. mate! Congrats for the big one. Ah, oh, thanks. And, uh, but it doesn't. It doesn't end there. Oh, oh, should oh, I? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. All right, I've got keys present to give us. Oh, wow. <laughs> you kept this quiet. This was worth getting here so Look early at this. for. Well, it's it's all about Adrian taking over James. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Adrian true. always hijacked. I, I genuinely, I didn't know that Adrian was going to do oh. this. <laughs> but it's not wraps, so James. Well, has it's in a box. It's in a box. <laughs> Fragile. Now it's a certain shape. Fragile. So, yeah, you can probably guess. I can it's, probably guess what it is. It's Sheila's little flat book. <laughs> it's the big, calendar. Big Sheila's little flat book calendar. Twenty twenty three. You want to be here for this, Ed? <laughs> Pedro. Pedro is January. We're just going to flick the switch which turns on the Patreon only. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at this. Oh, mate. Amazing. Mate. What, yeah. you got? what you got? It is mate. the Nine Inch Nails oh. soundtrack to Quake. Mate. Yep. Quake soundtrack. Oh, awesome. I know you like nails. I do like Especially nails. Nine Inch ones. I do. Yeah. It's <laughs> amazing. Oh, he's here all day, unfortunately. Yeah. I'll read you um, a little sticker. Finally, the official release of Nine Inch Nails' groundbreaking soundtrack to the legendary first-person shooter from id Software. Yeah, we'll have fun with that. Two LPs pressed on 180 gram vinyl, remastered in 2020. Oh, man. Thank you. That's Trent, a, that is so that, that is a... That's, That's awesome. Super. So it came a bit late, so I was a bit angry at Trent, so I kept emailing him, saying, where is his... Did he send it personally? Well, I, I, I don't think it was Trent, <laughs> but you never know, do you? Adrian oh, just man. hounded him on his email. It's, a great, it's a great soundtrack. It I, don't is, you, yeah. I, know you, I don't think you're a huge Quake fan. I, I, I don't know, but... Not but, massively. Not but massively. the soundtrack Very is subtle, the, I find, like, the, the Quake soundtrack. The only copy you're... I've got of it at the moment is on Dreamcast, which is ah. very difficult to play. Yes. But, yeah, that's amazing. It's a, that's a, that is a banging present. Well, well yeah, done. Bravo. Thank you very much. And what, I'll tell you what, Spoiled we're um, today. I gave you yours, yeah, I gave yours months ago. So. You gave me awesome stuff as well. <laughs> oh, that was months ago. Dylan's like, months ago. I was, was like, I'm surprised you. <laughs> it was very surprising. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Aid. Happy birthday. Thank you we'll, very uh, much. We'll get, we'll get a couple of pickies of all that stuff oh, and yeah, put, yeah, it on the old, put it on the old socials because yeah. it's all nice and shiny now isn't it, it so, is. well to be fair all your vinyls and all your all that stuff stays, stays quite shiny I am he, a really? bit fussy yeah. about that yeah. things he's had from the 90s are still, still shiny, shiny. <laughs> yeah. but I like that though I like that looking after the stuff so Oh, should we actually have a podcast? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, let's do, no, we, more presents. No, we, <laughs> we've got no. Hang on a minute. What's this? No, I'm only joking. So, <clears throat> let's get back on track, shall we? 
Well, we might go off track in a minute, depending on if Adrian decides to, uh, you know, pipe up again and, and <laughs> take over the podcast. <laughs> but um, so now, chaps, we, we I think you'd agree. We cover all sorts of genres, eras. Yeah. Styles, mm-hmm. platforms, mm-hmm. loads of platforms on our pods. The fashion, it sounds like a fashion podcast, doesn't it? But, yeah, styles. So the clothes show in the seasons. <laughs> but I have to say, there is a category which has, has often sat on the bench. Yeah? Oh, is that fair to say? Um, yes. Waiting yep. for more of its moment in the spotlight. So, as we edge ever closer, can you believe it? We're edging close to 300 episodes. Right. We are, it's getting there. It's getting there <laughs> of our show. I'm today going to talk to you about real time strategy games. There are lots of uh, puns. At the yes, yes. Spotlight. Yes. Edge. Yes. You know, I, I, I appreciate every single one. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> we haven't covered like many. There might be some more. No, we, and this is the so thing. If you look back, we we have we've touched on a couple, maybe. Yes, there have been a couple, and there's also been um, some fantastic interviews as well from um, from guys and girls who have worked on those games. Yeah, but I, but I don't think we've ever kind of really given it the attention maybe it deserves of its own pod. So, so June two, I think. Yeah, yeah, and that was wrong. early days. Mm-hmm. As well, that was very it? early. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about early. We're going to talk about very early, actually. To be fair, mm. um, so. Most importantly, I'm actually going to put my neck out and I'm going to tell you what I believe, and I'll see if you agree with this, was the golden age Mm. of of real-time strategy games. Um, What they were, what platforms they were on, what the reception was like, and how the games actually, you know, how they fare in in kind of today's landscape. Yeah, Do people still play them? Do they still get released? Et cetera, et cetera. Now, before we go any further... It's, of course, customary to kind of get a feel for, for where the genre sits in each of your gaming pasts, mm-hmm. yeah? I've got a little bit of an idea, but I, have, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know many more than that. So, Keith, mm. I'll start with your good self. How's your RTS knowledge? Uh, do you know what RTS stands for? That's the first question. <laughs> RTS. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to abbreviate really RTS. Tough. Real-time strategy for yeah, those I that know, didn't catch it in the intro there. Real-time strategy, all right? If, um, I've played knew. a few over the years. Obviously, you guys know I'm mainly a console gamer. And obviously, when you go on to talk about the golden age of RTS, yep. obviously, I assume that's mainly going to be sort of PC-based, isn't it? Yes, um, yeah. But, I, you know, June 2, obviously, we talked about it before. I did play that a bit. Do you guys remember Herzog's Vi on the Mega Drive? Oh, you here we that? go. He's jumped the gun. Oh, well, you did ask. <laughs> yes, you did no, ask. Because I, yes, I think that was absolutely. one of the first console mm-hmm. yep. Um, yep. RTS games. I played that quite a bit. Enjoyed that. Um, apart from that, I always found them too stressful. Well, I tend to panic under pressure. It's, it's I'm real, being attacked. It's, it's real, <laughs> yes. Real time stressfulness. Real time stress. Real time stress. Um, so yeah, my background is quite minimal, really. Right. I appreciate the honesty, though. Played, so. so you might actually, we're going to go through a bit of a journey today. Yeah. So you might, you might even find a few titles that you, you know, you might think, hang on, I might have a go of that. Or yeah, yeah. In the, this day, I mean, let's face it. You know, you, you, you got a, you got a, you got a kid. So no, nothing could be more stressful than that. That's so true. you might be able to go back. That again, so. or maybe you guys can sort of point me in the direction of the less stressful. Well, there are some, <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll come to that. But, Dil, where's where do you kind of see same? same. Yeah. The problem with like the golden era of RTS games was that I had a Master System Mega Drive Amiga, yep, Amiga, Amiga. <laughs> it wasn't really powerful enough. To, I had a few RT, weird RTS games on it, yep, um, but stuff like Command Conquer and all those other ones, mm-hmm. I kind of going to later. Uh, but I do remember playing Dune 2 mm. on yep. the Mega Drive, uh, which I like. So that's pretty much it. So, yeah. Oh, we, we're good. we are going to yeah. talk about that. So we're definitely yeah. going to talk about Of course we are. Of course we are. Adrian, come on. 
Well, I, you I was like thinking me, about right? this, and I think the RTS genre, <clears throat> uh, at one point in my life, a few years actually, was probably my favourite genre of video games. Yeah. So enough. in the mid nineties to sort of late nineties, it really, it really was my cup of tea. So when I first saw June two. Uh, my uncle Victor got me a copy. I was like, "What is it?" I never heard of June before. I was very young and naive. I didn't even know what June was. And I was like, and, "And I was like, you can actually control these little figures and characters and, and tanks." And I loved it. I yeah. loved the setting. I loved that kind of spice and sand kind of desert look. And I thought it was absolutely incredible in the Amiga. And then obviously it went to another stage. And I got got my PC. And there was like Warcraft. And then there was Command and Conquer. And I was hooked, hooked, hooked. I couldn't believe it. And I became a Westwood Studios, uh, you know, number one fan. Like basically. many others, yeah. And as soon as the expansion pack came out, we got it, me and my brothers. Uh, Red Alert came out, we got it. Um, Commander Conquer 2, you know, we got it. You know, Red Alert 2 and stuff, we got it. And then Warcraft 2. I placed more obscure ones, which we'll talk, I'll save for a bit later, if yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, do, but, absolutely. Cause, but, <clears throat> but Age of Empires, you know, that it's just it's such an incredible genre. And I think it's it's a shame. I kind of it kind of I kind of fell out, fell out of love with it a little bit at one stage. I would talk about it a bit later, I'm sure. Maybe where it sort of we went will. downhill a bit. We will. But it does mean a lot to me, especially that sort of PC gaming control the mouse. I couldn't imagine playing these games on on, on a console. Truthfully, sorry, console lovers out there. But it really is made for mouse uh, play, in my humble opinion. Absolutely yeah. incredible. I'm happy to talk about it a lot today. Well, you're, you're, what, you, what you've just said there is probably the same kind of mm. frame of mind that a lot of um, ex-lovers of, of RTS w- would probably be feeling. Yeah. yeah. So we'll kind of have a look at it, where it went and, and, and where we are now. Yeah. But the, keep, keep some of those thoughts for later because they'll be very, very useful. So... For the benefit of pretty much Keith and Dill <laughs> and, um, and anyone else out there who wants to know um, a little real-time strategy history um, and when the golden years were, I'm going to take you through this in a sort of whistle-stop tour, okay, if you like. So there are far too many RTS games um, out over the years out there to mention all of them, all right? But please do, you know, do tag us um, and tell us on the socials to shout out your favourites, all right? Any unexpected gems over the years, anything we don't mention, because there are so many. Mm. Yeah, there are so many. I'm going to try and get in as many as I can. But if you don't hear your favourite, or you don't hear so, or even something really obscure, yeah, something that maybe wasn't a big hit but you really like, let us know about it, yeah. So it makes sense, of course. Let's start at the beginning, yeah. So a question for you, chaps. All right, what is the first official, according to the Guinness World Records? No cheating. Put your phone away, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> what is the first official computerised strategy game? What do we think? And I'm going to give you one clue. Just think simple. <clears throat> I've got stunned, blank faces staring strategy back at me. Games, strategy games. So not many text-based adventures. Not Would you class uh, something like Battleships as a strategy game? So you're, you're, yes, I would. But you're, you're probably a little bit too complex. Oh wow! Okay. That wasn't. Let me <laughs> let me say this though. That was an early. That was okay. an early. An early strategy yeah. game. Yes, but it wasn't the early. It wasn't the first right. that was Nelson actually put out there. Wow. If you're really. Oh, stuck, hang on. Oh, go on. Noughts and crosses. Yes. <laughs> Man, he's on fire, this guy. Tic-tac-toe. Tic-tac-toe, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it was actually a game called OXO. 
Yeah, Ox 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, which is a version of Noughts and Crosses. It was yeah. designed by a man called Alexander S. Douglas in the US in 1952. Whoa. Yeah, going way back, 70 years ago. <laughs> it was it was played on an Ed Sack, which is an electric. That sounds a bit rude, doesn't an ele- it? No, 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 no. An electronic on Ed Sack. An Ed Sack. On Ed Sack. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. oh dear! Which is an electronic delay storage automatic calculator. Lovely. There you go. Not not Ed's sack. Yeah. How about that? So <clears throat> I did bend the rule slightly on the question, though. Yeah. I know. I know. And I said strategy and not real time mm-hmm. strategy. Yeah. So the difference being, um, for those that don't know, is that RTS has both or all players moving and fighting simultaneously, as opposed to using a turn based system. Okay. And as we know. Anything, as we said, battleships, turn-based, noughts and crosses, yeah. turn-based, lots of other things, turn-based. Mm. And I'm just waiting for Dylan to use that word that he always uses, tactics. tactics. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And lots of those games are turn-based. Yeah? I was confused yeah. then. I was like, what does Game Pass have to do with that? <laughs> game Pass is two words. <laughs> so I will say this. Some do blur the lines between the genres a lot, and we're going to see that. There's a lot of games that sit kind of i was yeah. going to use the, another word there i was going to say straddle but that's probably but between genres yeah and we'll we'll, we'll come back to that it's, this is going the wrong way now isn't it really we need to get back on track so to get to the first game in the genre that became real-time strategy we've got to take a massive step forward through the years from oxo yeah from, from 1952 <laughs> simply the, what's that slogan again oxo uh, <laughs> But I was trying to think best. of some kind of pun involving stock, but I come back to us. Think yeah. about it. Okay, you got a pen over there. You got a laptop. <laughs> well, over I there. hope that it. guy's stock rose <laughs> after releasing that game. Oh, <laughs> he's here all day again. Um, so, do, what, what do we think? The, the the first sort of widely considered, fully fledged, bona fide RTS game released was, and what year? Well, and, I'm going to get the buzzer because it's wrong. But I'm going to say June 2, early 90s. Good guess. Very well-educated guess. Big name. But no, slightly earlier. And Keith, he's already said it. Hertz I know. We're gonna, oh, Hertz 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 Hertz. Yes. oh, really? Yeah. So, so in terms of... Well, I be, just assumed it was like the first console. Bearing in, yes. Bearing okay. in mind that this is, a, this is all very kind of opinion-based. Yeah. All right? um, but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of traction behind the opinion that Herzog Spy was, in fact, the first um, fully-fledged real-time strategy game with all of the elements. I was there at the cutting edge. So it was, yeah, it was in fact as late as December 1989. So we we, we assume that maybe it was before. Um, And I mean, and again, what we've already said, we assume maybe that would have been released on PC. Mm. No, it it wasn't. So it was by um, Technosoft for Sega Mega Drive. Um, The game saw players having to use an aeroplane to place certain units um, in positions across a map to combat enemy forces and take over their base camp. So this style of play, um, you, you had on-screen units, vehicles, um, you could manage their positions um, rather than directly controlling like a single character, mm. which obviously was very different to anything um, you know, up to that point. So the game was, was actually really positively received, 3.8 out of 5 stars overall. Um, and was praised by many for the fact that it showcased the Mega Drive as having a sort of computer-type capability as well as being a console, yeah? Um, and that was, that was I mean, at that point, that was actually pretty unusual because if you think about all the games at that time that were, were on the console, yeah. um, it wasn't really anything like anything else. No. Um, and, and really, 
um, wasn't anything else, wasn't like anything else even before it. So, but I, I mean, I can hear there's screams of people coming through the screens at me saying, you know, that are die hard RTS fans, that wasn't the first. Yeah. <laughs> well, I you're mean, actually fine. The first one was. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm waiting for that. It I'm was prepared. Herzog Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Good jokes today. <laughs> so, although, although Herzog's Fire is considered to be the first out and out RTS game as we know them now, there were, in fact, a, a raft of other games um, that founded the beginnings of the genre, um, although didn't combine necessarily all of the elements mm. at, at once, yeah? Hence why the opinion yeah. is, is the way it is. So there are there are the likes of War of Nerves from 1979 on the Magnavox Odyssey. Mm. I like that title. Though. Yeah, War of Nerves. War of Nerves. Sea <laughs> Battle from 1980, pretty much a, a, a kind of a redressing of battleships. Right. Um, and that was on the Intellivision. Um, others include 1982's Cosmic Conquest on the Apple II nice. and Combat Leader from 1983 on the C64. Um, and of course, Populous. Oh. 1989 on the Amiga. Um, come back to that in a sec. But in fact, there were actually 25 mm. titles, um, often categorized as RTS. Um, but really only under the general strategy banner, mm. yeah? Because some some were turn-based, some had some elements of RTS, etc. So, again, like I said, very blurred lines there um, that were released prior to Herzog's fight, including the prequel called... And no, it's not called Herzog Eins. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Herzog, yeah? Um, so what's the deal? Well, there are several of those games um, that use turn-based system, which we've already said, that sits more in the kind of lone strategy camp. Some of these only had um, a handful of the features of, of the more developed RTS games, and some were just an out-and-out -out sim or what they call a god game. So Populous was... Civilization? Yep. Yeah, it was It was, It was. was more city building yeah. um, and management as opposed to kind of um, having units, having to capture bases, that yeah. kind of thing. So... We can argue, you know, we can argue like this. Sid Meier, basically. Sid Meier, he was very, those sort of games, like Pirates yeah. and I mean, absolutely outstanding games. Oh, yeah. And, and groundbreaking and, and just visually fantastic. Although where where they kind of sit mm. is a... Is I wouldn't a, call them RTS, it, no, personally. Well, they, yeah, I mean, so that, that's some some places have them categorised as that. So, mm. um, but there we go. And if you don't agree, you know, fight me. You know, <laughs> well, just shout, just shout at me on the socials. I got my big boy pants. I'm kind of me. glad you're going that way because I was thinking about all the Sim City and all the simulation games. I mean, does it really count? No, it's fine. Yeah, it, I it's, like, I like what you're doing. It's, you it's, it, I, I, I had to think long and hard about this, and it was, and it was kind of, you know, where do we, where do we sort of draw the line? But I get why Herzog's Fire is kind of the, the, the that first defining moment mm. because it's, it has the battle, it has the bases, it has the building, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, at this point, I suppose it's worth giving um, a very quick crash course to those who are pretty much new to the RTS genre, or those that haven't dabbled in a while, guys. Yeah, I mean, we know we know you know roughly what it is, but for those for, for those listening who are like, well, I never really played strategy mm. games. I'm kind of more of a shooting fan. So, the games in the RTS genre um, have you, the player, pretty much acting as a, a commander of your forces, groups of people, or machinery um, across various maps with differing terrain. So the players um, normally always have a bird's eye view and can normally control all the units and buildings and you can instruct them to carry out certain actions, requests um, at different or at the same time. Yeah, all, all in real time, hence the, hence the name Real Time Strategy. Um, so a minimum of two players. So 
with the first kind of RTS games, that would have been human and AI. Yeah. So yourself and an AI. Yes. Later on, <clears throat> which we're going to talk about, you could have, um, local area network land, land parties, etc. with, with, yeah. uh, with PCs set up. So you could play, you know, your mates. Um, and, um, the goal is, is to either take control of enemy bases, zones, buildings, etc., or just destroy them via yeah. a number of different methods. Yeah. So, and as Keith said, Stressful, it can be. Yes, yeah, stressful. absolutely. <laughs> Especially when you get like besieged by the enemy, mm. you're like, ah, I'm going. I just need time to think. <laughs> yeah, pause. You don't, you don't have time. <laughs> <clears throat> so our next stop, um, where are we? So we, oh, oh, well, before that, are we happy that we've kind of got the roots there? We've kind of. Mm-hmm. Are yeah. we happy that kind of Herzog's fire kind of sits there in, in where it does? Yeah, yeah? Mm-hmm. good stuff. I'm glad you actually mentioned it at first, Keith, because it's <laughs> that's good. That's they're giving you a bit of like plaudits there, which is good. Um, <clears throat> And the earlier different types of games in that kind of sphere as well, it gave birth to the to the actual genre as we know it now. From here on out, it goes nuts. Yeah, it mm. goes a bit crazy. All right, because the, the genre really does take off. Um, and we're going to look at, at, at how how quickly it grows and over how short a period of time as well. Yeah. So we're going to go to good old 1991. Anyone remember that year? Yeah, it well, wasn't that yeah. long ago, was yeah. it? No, <laughs> no, nine years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's what they always say. Um, with a superb game by Sensible Software called Megalomania. Which actually, I just saw yesterday yeah, that Jordan that. Yeah. Freeman... It's on Zoom platform now. It's mm. literally, I think he's remastered, or I don't know if it's the original exactly, but he's put it on Zoom platform. Yeah. And apparently GOG yes. said it wasn't possible. So there you go, put that in your... Put that in your pipe and smoke it. GOG. <laughs> <laughs> no, but fair play to Jordan and John Hare's involved mm. in it. And mm. Megalomania is a game I have played on the Amiga. Um, I wouldn't say, I, I, you know, it's not... I didn't put loads of hours into it. I found it quite difficult as a young kid. Mm-hmm. But I do respect it. It looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Top down, kind of sort of isometric, isn't it? Sort of 3D. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yep. 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 Um, and it's, it's a great looking game. Mm. It's really colourful. Um, it's really bold. Um, and um, yeah, it was, it was actually the, the, the first game to use a tech tree system. Okay, whereby players could assign researchers to develop different technologies that could be used in the field of battle. Okay, it was actually the first game to do that. Um, the game saw uh, players controlling one of four gods, and you needed to defeat up to the, up to three others on any given map using weapons and armies that can be created by building structures and developing tech. And this was made before Populous, you say? This was no, after. after. After, right. So, so <clears throat> what Pop- Populous had, had basically, um, it, the, the whole premise is that you have followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And you, 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 you garner, obviously, a bigger following. And the bigger following you have, the, you know, the, the more you can do, etc. So it was more to do with influence rather than battle, per se. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, these games that we're looking at now were more, um, you, you know, you had to proactively go yeah. out and actually atta- attack an enemy. Yeah. Um, so very good friend of the show, gaming and graphic design supreme and all round nice guy, Stu Cambridge. He, yeah, he was involved. Yeah, yeah. Actually worked on the the artwork and visuals for this title. Um, and I have this minute actually got <laughs> this minute, believe it or not, I've ha- I actually had um, uh, some 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 words come through from Mister Stu Cambridge oh. about the game. Yeah, because he, he actually he actually worked he actually worked on it. So um, he says Megalomania, a game that I was very fortunate enough to have played before it was released, fresh from my job interview at Sensible. I had seen a late build version of the game running on Chris Chapman's Amiga. It looked and sounded awesome. But do you know what really lit my fanboy fire? I love that saying. (laughs) (laughs) Being asked by Chris if I would mind testing out on my new A1500. 
uh, which at the time I had only recently bought. A couple of days later, I received the disc in the post. There's me sitting at my desk with the latest sensible software game in my hands. How the heck did that happen? (laughs) I still find it hard to believe. I got the job and I was trusted with a copy of the game. Uh, Of course, the game worked like a treat. I think Chris had put in some test routines for me, which I spoke to him on the phone about. And well, that was my first introduction to Megalomania. Mm. I mean, to be fair, playing a a game like before, like pre-release and it being that good. That says something, doesn't it, about the production quality. So not long after that, I joined the Sensible Gang. MLM had been out for a while, and there was talk about doing a Sega Mega Drive version of the game. John asked me if I'd be interested in working with Jules on covering it, uh, converting it sorry, to the Sega machine. How cool was that? Mm-hmm. I had no hesitation in accepting the job. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't go into details of how we did it, but being part of this conversion... Uh, duo i got to play the game in test as we developed the console adaptation let me just say i was never really into strategy games but mlm managed to convert me Ooh. i later had the same experience with sensible soccer not being a player of football games we kind of had this ability just to create good games irrespective of the subject matter mm. yeah and i think we'll agree to put, uh, you know, yeah. we, we don't we, even we need to go fans. into kind of how good they were um as i look back at the uh, amiga original which i have to say was way ahead of its time in my opinion with the sampled speech and gameplay dynamics, it is with a sense of gratitude that I not only got to see the game being developed, but became involved later in the conversion. I got to see some of the later graphics being drawn and the nitty-gritty of how it all worked from an insider's perspective. To this day, though, I cannot take credit for any of the original in-game graphics. John did a great job in their creation. I feel honoured. I got to bring those over to the 16-bit console versions without sacrificing the look Uh, and character along the way. Uh, Megalomania, what a game. It's proper sensitastic. Thanks, Stu. Literally, I I literally just had that through. I've read that from my phone. Hot off the press. Um, Literally hot off the press. So really appreciate that because it's, it's, it's always great to have a bit of an insight into those types of games, especially groundbreaking games that that pretty much nobody had kind of seen before um and one as i said with the with the whole tech tree thing and as we know the bunch of rts stuff that came out afterwards followed that pattern of researching building Mm -hmm. etc so we move on after 1991 um, we're going to shuffle forward uh, a year later for a title considered another building block in the genre with the release of you've already said it about five times adrian what is it June 2, Battle for Arrakis. (laughs) June 2, the Battle for Arrakis. So the game sees players step into a campaign taken on enemy bases and units across maps. Um, with sandy and stone-like terrain, um, and they can, which they can build on. Um, players must use harvesters c- to collect a mineral called spice, spice, spice. Uh, to convert to credits, which can be used to create buildings, uh, troops, vehicles, etc. Now. The maps do vary in size and the enemies differ, differ in you know difficulty and, and robustness. And as the campaign progresses, players must fine-tune their strategy to take out enemy units and, and gain overall control of the area, which can be a lot easier said than done, given the options for movement and attack that are available. So, that you know, with, with, with these kind of games now, the saying there's more than one way to skin a cat was pretty much mm. the, it, what, it, there was hundreds of different ways to win a, win a round or a map etc um, was there not Adrian more ways to skin a sandworm skin a sandworm <laughs> Ooh, that'd be great can imagine a sandworm skin Ooh. sandworm <laughs> question one of the things I remember about June 2 was how the map was blacked out until you yes. went out and explored the fog, that area. the fog of war was that quite standard 
with RTS games, or was that yeah? Was it, it, conquer, so? it was it was pretty much a, a main feature. It was in a, in a lot of those games. Some exploration is yeah. You've got to send most out a scout fight. Yeah, yeah. So some didn't use it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some didn't use it. Um, and they they sort of did it smaller areas etc. Mm. But the, the the ones with the big maps, yeah, because otherwise you'd be able to see everything. Mm-hmm. So it was a big aspect of the game. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you had to then explore yeah. to find out where the enemy was, where they were hiding out, where the resources were, where the key points on the map etc. So it was all about scouting because that's part of the. That's yeah. part. Otherwise, if you saw everything, you've got intel straight yeah. away. Yeah, of course. So um, it, I mean that that's kind of and that that feature actually was was pretty much a mainstay in 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 the other games some didn't like it there were critics that 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 said games shouldn't have put it in um even some of the more popular games so we'll co- we'll come back to that in a bit but you can never please critics really can you to be honest so <laughs> can you imagine, can they, they, i reckon the critics mean like in a really foggy can you imagine that some ah. dad's sort of ptsd one day i can't see oh, i had a bad experience with fog exactly <laughs> just don't show them silent hill right just yeah. don't, don't show, yeah oh my god yeah. <laughs> silent, silent hill 2 remastered yeah don't show them that <laughs> lots and lots of fog smoke machine june so june 2 was a big hit release um it was giving gamers a new way to interact and play uh, play their games via a controller management system um, as opposed to like a platformer or shooting games uh, mm. that, were, that were around in, in at the time. So average scores for June 2 have it at four out of five stars. Um, lots of praise for the story and presentation mm. and the mechanics and how it handled and just basically, the, you know, how you could sit down and just play. Yeah. Very engaging game, yeah? Yes. Um, I haven't played it for a while, but I remember putting some serious hours into that back in the day. Um, I think probably most of them around your house, actually, yeah. Adrian. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll be, be I wouldn't want to know how many hours I put into that game. It's a lot. We, we, yeah, we used to talk about that game a lot. Yeah. Um, but the game is still revered by many for being another, another groundbreaker in the genre. Um, some would say, though, some would say that June 2 received much of the plaudits and attention that Herzog should have got, mm-hmm. um, being the first of its kind. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, do we kind of agree with that? And if we open that up just a little bit, how many, you know, how many times have we seen a game which which follows a first of something and gets the lion's share of attention? Mm. Um, you know, if there's a, a partic- Dune was a popular thing though, wasn't it? Like, yeah, you, yeah. You bring a you bring a game. It was a, Dune, no, it was a known license. Yeah. 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 Whereas Herzog's Fly yeah. was just like some. Well, That's it also had a, and it also had a strange German title as well. Keith's brought out the wavy jazz left hand there. <laughs> strange. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because like seeing it because you know because I used to read Sega Power a lot back in the day and they have this little um, little kind of brief bit about each game that they've reviewed so yeah, far in the back, yeah, yeah. I just remember Herzog's Fine it didn't really go into any kind no, of thing it about it, really it, clear it was what it was just like a 3 out of 5 game or yeah. something mm. game. we just never knew what it was I just assumed for years that it was a schmup it was made by Technosoft and it made by Technosoft and the art made it look like a shooter as yeah, well yeah so, so they yeah. don't know if they picked it right I mean was that because they had to kind of make it like something else at the time Maybe. I mean because if they go too radical then people just go oh, I'm not going to play that don't like too new I don't like it mm. yeah. I mean that's, that, that's that's the risk in gaming though isn't it you know yeah. you put something out that's brand new yeah. groundbreaking nobody's ever played it before <laughs> And nobody does play. Good, it, good example is the FPS game. Like Wolfenstein 3D was a big game. That's not lying. Mm, yeah, but Doom. That the, was. I think that's a great example. Game. That's yeah. a great that example. Turned, that turned non-gamers into gamers. Doom. Yeah. Well, you that, can go back to your beat 'em up pod as well. Or Double Dragon pod. Yeah. Was it Renegade? Yes, the, yeah. Renegade. Yeah, absolutely. But people remember Double Dragon before they talk about Renegade. Mm-hmm. Renegade was a good release, you know, in Japan, etc. But, yeah. but you know, outside of that, yeah, it did it did relatively well. Mm. But Double Dragon, exactly. <laughs> I yeah. mean. You, you you ask you know you take a thousand yeah. people it's the same thing and again yeah. you take a thousand people and say 
you know, which would you do you remember the most? They're going to say Doom. They're going to say Doom. So that's a yeah, couple of great examples there. But there we are. So we now arrive at a bit of a tipping point for the for the whole genre, um, and in fact the whole industry, to be fair, um, and it, and an acceleration for PC gamers oh. the world over. Yeah, given that almost every single RTS game at that time um, was on the PC platform, um, and. There's no kind of brain surgery needed here. It was due to the ease of use and the command issuing with mouse and keyboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was kind of made exactly for that. Yeah. Consoles, console players had it difficult with, with if they did get an RTS mm. game, which was very rare, um, but the control system was normally very clunky and they had very limited amount of, of kind of options available. So there was a bit of a calm before this, this uh, revolution, though. Um, 1993 saw a, a relatively modest set of releases. Um, we had games like um, Stronghold, Alien Legacy and Metal Marines. If anyone remembers any of those. No, nope, like I said, modest. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of gems, though. 1993 saw Cannon Fodder uh, released, which, despite being an amazing game... <laughs> Is that an RTS? Uh, sure, uh, well, sure. Hold on. Despite being an amazing game, uh, I still play it. I know, I know well, yeah, everyone else dips in now and there. Um, it, it, some have it down as an RTS, believe it or not. Yeah, Some have it as a 2D scroller. Some have it as a shoot-em-up. Yeah? I've been to probably 10 websites yeah, <laughs> that all have different tags for this game. What would yeah. you define it as, a, if not an RTS? Just, I, I mean, it has an RTS <laughs> element. <laughs> what is it? You've, got group, you've got a group of soldiers and you have to manage them, don't you, into different areas to destroy enemy buildings and whatever. Yeah. But, but there's no base building, is there? There's, there's no, no base building. There's no, no research. Well, I, I don't know. I just I just think it's more of all action, guns are blazing. That's what I'll call it. it, it That's it, a good genre. Thanks, Aid. And all guns are blazing. I mean, it, it, it's a bit of a weird one, though, isn't it? Because I've actually got you thinking now. You're sitting there yeah. going, what, what, is it? what is it? So what is it? Um, so what is it? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let the socials argue that one out. Tell us what you think Cannon Fodder is. Yeah? <laughs> um, but 1993 also saw the Settlers released yeah, on the Amiga. Yeah, and that is a great game, actually. Yeah. Uh, to a very positive reception yeah. as well, yeah? And although, although the game focuses more on the city-building element, um, it still sits under the RTS banner. Um, and I couldn't really do this pod without mentioning the Settlers. Because I? you're right, it isn't the, the, the battle elements of it are quite limited and quite not its strongest point it is about building your cities but to to open up your city you do have to get rid of the enemies so it's it's, yes. it's a small element i'd call it more of a sort of city building settler kind of game you know with a little bit of fighting i mean i mean it's it's a lot of places call it a sim um yeah. a city but building it is, sim it is rts isn't it it's, it's real it time is. It it's is. not turn based no and you and there is an enemy you know, it's not just a case that you're 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 developing like an empire, um, or like you say, like a populace where it's about gaining followers and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And and it, it's like I said, this becomes very tricky because yeah. there's a lot of games which which sit between sometimes two, sometimes it. three. I'll allow. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't. I, you know, we can't not mention awesome. the settlers. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so the tipping point for the whole genre though came in 1994. There was a. Own title called Warcraft Orcs and Humans. <laughs> yeah, I've got a little story about that. <laughs> go, go for it. Do it. Jo- you know John Bitten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, good friend, good friend of mine, and you know he's a cool guy. I haven't seen him for a few years. I don't know when you guys last saw him, but he's a cool dude, and we used to be quite close friends actually. And oh, we, we had a PC to- with loads of those games. Didn't well, it? that's the thing. We we used to sw- swap the Amiga games quite often. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, my, my uncle Victor's games got, you know, he, he lost his source, I think, or he moved on to PC. <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of dried up, but luckily I had John Bitten to help me out with Amiga games. But I remember going to his house once and going, oh, I should play some Amiga. He had a, he had a CD32. Yes! I mean, that's cool, but it's like, we're not playing the CD32 today. Check this out. And he showed me this new PC. And, I, and this is before I had a PC. I was like, what is this? And at the time, we'd be playing June 2 quite a lot. He said, forget June 2. This is what we want to see. And it's Warcraft. And I was like, what on earth? And we were playing that game for hours, man. Humans versus Orcs. Oh, I loved it. So Warcraft. And I, it was one of the reasons, actually. We went back to my, my brothers and my, my family. was like, we need a PC. We've got to play Warcraft. We need a PC. Stat. <laughs> it was so good. Warcraft it is... Um, you know, I love Warcraft. Actually, it's, it's it's a tough one for me, but I think it's a brilliant, brilliant it's game. A re- it is it is a very special game. And to be yep. fair, you're you're not alone. Yeah, yep. it, it was it was um, massively, massively popular. Um, it was from Blizzard Studios, initially mm. released on DOS. Um, the game was pretty much adored by many because of the requirement of the the skill of management of small groups of units. Um, do you know, do you know what I like? Abilities. If you clicked on the units, and I hope it's the first game as well, but I think it is. If you just click on an orc, yes. Come in. That's and it. it. And they, you could you kept pressing on the same board. They say, "Stop poking me." Yeah, that's it. They get really, they get really stressed. <laughs> it's just little things like that. I know you shouldn't do that, but yeah, I just loved it. But you did it anyway. I did it. I did it. All. <laughs> um, and you could use special abilities, attack patterns, etc., to complete objectives. The maps were really great oh. as well. The resource gathering was really great. Your builders, they were very clever. It was the colours. It was yeah. so vibrant. Very. Bold. You would think for a fantasy game, quite an orc scene would be quite dark and gloomy. But the first game, even the second one, to be fair, it's very. Very colourful, bright, and it, yeah. it was, but it didn't, it wasn't like a cartoon either. It was so engaging. I loved it. It was, from what I remember as well, because I played, I played that and the, and the sequel, which we'll come on to, but yeah. I, I just remember it being, feeling really polished, oh, yeah. really clean. There wasn't any kind of glitches or bugs or any kind of sharp areas or bits. You know, the gra- it was all very kind of tidy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I don't know, I've, 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 something about it just was really, mm-hmm. really engaging. So yeah, great, great story. And I'll, I'll agree with that. But, it also expanded on on things like um, from previous games, mission depth, design of the maps, as we've just said, and it really pushed the competitive multiplayer element, um, which is the reason why many say this game was the start of a boom uh, for the for the genre. It scored big on reviews, and it actually racked up over three hundred thousand units in sales, um, relative in a relatively short period of time. Was recognised in several gaming publications as well. So Warcraft was firmly. On the map, as, and, as so to speak. Ah, and I think, and again, James, you might say you're wrong here, but I think <clears> one <throat> one negative of June two, and I, you know, I love the game, but one negative is if, if you wanted to control units, as click here, go there, click here, go there, do individual unit movements. But I think Warcraft, and I might be wrong here, so correct me, but you could select like almost draw a box around how many Correct. units you wanted. Correct. And that made... Yeah, because Dune 2, I remember, it was just like, click, and go. Yeah, and it was click, frustrating. Yeah. Whereas Warcraft, you held your right mouse button, or maybe left down, you pulled, drew a box or a rectangle, yeah. and that you could select four or five, maybe it, ten it units. Was, it, was a le- it was left click, and then it was drag, and you could then select... Um, you know, whoever you wanted, which that changed things completely because it sounds so simple, but it made a huge difference. And I know yeah. that Command and Conquer, which you, I know you're going to talk about, I'm pretty sure you're going to talk about yeah. that. That also brought that in as well, and it was it was it's just a better a better game, you know, overall. But Warcraft was awesome, man. Yeah, it, it, it. it's it's a great and such a such a great um, like subject as well. Yeah, yeah, humans. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. You know, so I don't think anyone had kind of done anything like that before. So I do want to mention at this point, um, as we kind of continue on the journey, um, a release that happened in 1995 on the Atari Jaguar CD. Yeah, and the reason I'm mentioning this... Because Adrian's always been a fan of the Jag CD. Baldies? Yes! (laughs) How did you know that? Because there's not many. No, all right, fair enough. It's the only RTS and Jag CD. All right, all right. Um, but um, that, that's that's the reason I'm kind of dragging this one out. But but uh, I mean the other reason that it, this deserves this deserves a shout out is uh, is for the bat poo crazy storyline as well. well this Man, this game's yeah. called Baldies, um, and it was on the Jag CD as we said. But you control the Baldies, who are a group of short, plump, and yes, bald characters. Yeah, and they have to take on armies of enemies called the Hairies. <laughs> I'm well, not making this up. It's basically like me versus you lot. Yeah. <laughs> the bullies and the hairies. Yeah. Follically challenged. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Follically challenged. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but um, the, the game fared fared all right with critics. Um, some actually really liked it, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, and ports were actually due to be made for the Amiga CD32 and the 3DO, but they never happened. I'm not being funny. It sounds like a kind of game I'd love to play. Yeah. yeah. I have, Just for the comedy value. has gone to much. I've interviewed the man that made it. Um, on, on, on our podcast uh, he's blimey in my brain I should know shouldn't I it's, um, you've done a lot of interviews mate. I've done a lot I was going to say you yeah. be, be easy on yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, anyone I mean I'd love to know if anyone out there's got a copy of the Baldies yeah I mean, any, anyone out there? Tell us, you know, tag us in, tag us in the socials. I don't want to ask how much Adrian sold this copy for. No, I don't remember. No, but we'd like, we'd, like, we'd like to know how much they're worth now. <laughs> no, we, honestly, if you've got a copy, then do tag us in it because that'd be amazing to see that. Um, Adrian's going to find out who it was, and he'll come back to that in a minute. So I'm going to, I'm going to carry this train on i'm going to carry this wagon on so moving on um to a release during the same year 1995 you may not have heard of this one uh, it was by westwood studios and it was called <laughs> command and conquer yeah. uh, what? <laughs> what's no. this um so what warcraft had begun in terms of a huge era for rts games command and conquer was continuing in, in emphatic style um so if there are any listeners who haven't somehow managed to play command and conquer or even seen it um firstly how um the game was was huge and, and still is to be fair and secondly get hold of it and have a play well you know one thing you can play it via go for it game pass Yay! 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 <laughs> So we got tactics in there. We got game pass in there, ladies and gentlemen. That's the end of the pod. Thank well, you. I don't. You guys won't have noticed, but I sort of treated myself to half a gaming PC now. So my my old PC tower went kaputski. Um, it's over there in my book in my bookcase over there at the bottom. Oh, yes. And um, all it's missing is a graphics card, but it's using the sort of the integrated graphics at the minute. But a lot of Game Pass stuff works on it real well. <laughs> so nice. I was like, oh, I might try a little bit of Command Conquer. Oh, so you've got it goes. back now. You've, you've decided to go back on the Game Pass. Yeah. Okay, so you came off from Mate, it. Mate, it was a pound for three months. <laughs> what am I going to do? You had withdrawal symptoms. You were what like, what am I going to do? Oh, Game Pass, yeah. I need it. I've worked out a bit of a fix. For, well, a bit of a... A bit of a... Oh. Life hack for people who don't want to pay £10 for every month. If you go off it for about two, three months... They come back and try and get you with the three pound for a month, um, three months for a pound thing. Ah. That's exactly what they did for me. I you heard it here first, off, ladies and gentlemen. And I just like, oh, I just play my backlog, da 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 da, and it was like, oh, what well, a deal! Please, please, <laughs> Dylan, Dylan Martin Lewis Raj. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I might not be able to save first game save pass. electricity. Yeah, bills, but company, it can right. save you thirty quid on your game pass. You are welcome. There you are. That's um, what we're here for. Just to interrupt, yes, yeah, the, the, the producer of Baldies and all right, all, all right, all round, good guy. <laughs> 
He gave a great interview, actually. I, you know, called Farron Thomason, and he he's worked with Nintendo, Atari, and Sega. I don't think there's many people in the world that can boast that. That's, so, a, that's, a, hell of a, that's a hell of a CV. And uh, he, yeah, he made Baldies. And Baldies, I, I, I found it annoying playing it because you had to use the, the Jag controller. And that's yeah. almost yeah. a perfect controller. But for mouse games... Sorry? Stop <laughs> <laughs> it Hang on. For before mouse... we get into a fist fight over the table. For mouse-based games, it just doesn't quite hold up. So I did find Baldies a bit clunky to play. But it, was, I... it was almost perfect. <laughs> Is that right? Uh... I'm chucking it out of there. <laughs> But back to this Command and Conquer. I've never heard oh, of this game before. Yeah, we, 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 we talk about tangents here. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> so the game, uh, the game of Command and Conquer, yeah, the little known one that we we're talking about, um, sees a, a setting of an alternate history. All right, with two factions embroiled in a war with each other, and they've got to win it at all costs. Um, but Command and Conquer for the player um, gives you full control over base building, tech research, um, and vehicle and troop creation. So the combinations were yeah. enormous for you to be able to oh, kind yes. of develop your, your armies. Um, and also where to deploy them and being able to control them across the whole map as well. So many options. So due to the more kind of modern era style of setting, um, the scope for the arms, vehicles and tech was, was massive. So players pretty much had endless combinations of units, structures to utilize when trying to destroy or disarm the enemies. So the, the, the added string to the bow um, was that Westwood further developed the whole land support um, scenario. So they really pushed that, meaning that you're on screen enemies quite often if you're having a land party where, in fact, your mates um, that you were competing yeah. on the same network against, which was so cool. Mm, I mean, just cool. just like, I mean, there weren't enough hours in the day, were there, really, to have sit down and play. I mean, just playing against the, the AI as well would take you hours, like on a skirmish, wouldn't yeah. it? I mean, if I remember correctly, you go to a skirmish three hours later, you're not even halfway through. Do you, do you have a name for the good guys and bad guys? I can't remember the names now. They're, um, yes. Oh, you do? Okay. No. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> I was just trying to I was remember. Write the, two, it down. the two factions. And, and yeah. now what's happened is I've forgotten because you put me on the spot. Yeah, sorry, so you're going to find that Nord out as well. That's, right. that's it. Nord. Nord. Even I remembered that. Yeah, yeah Nord. That's um, the bad guys, the other ones. I always used to choose them. What was the other ones? <laughs> Nord were the bad guys, weren't they? Yeah. Nod. Give them a nod. And I, oh God, we sound like writing, writing noobs now. But... We're not noobs. <laughs> well, we've done we're, a Command & podcast. We're we? old. We're good. Didn't we? I'm sure it, haven't I made that up in my head? Yes! No! We haven't. So, anyway, whilst Adrian's kind of looking that up, the game was, of course, an enormous success. Um, it, it was nominated for and won several awards. It was named Game of the Year by several publications, um, including Computer Game Strategy Plus, and saw sales surpass 500,000 units worldwide in a relatively short space of time. Um, it did receive a few negative pokes, though, um, mm. for how some missions were very puzzle-like, so there was only a certain way to complete a oh, certain right. mission. Mm. Um, on single player, that was on the campaign. Mm. So that wasn't obviously with skirmish and, and multiplayer. Um, and the fog of war divided opinion, as we, uh, we said, on impacting gameplay. But these were, they were pretty much insignificant, um, due to the, the all the positive stuff. Yeah. They were, they were just a few little pokes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, I mean, a huge game. Um, you know, it, it was totally different to Warcraft because it was a more modern setting. It was it was modern armies, guns, tanks, etc. Um, Warcraft was a totally different market because it was more medieval fantasy type, yeah. Um, which was very clever, I think. I think the two studios going after completely different audiences um, was was exactly the right move, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but the the RTS bulldozer continued um, to to gain momentum. Warcraft Tides of Darkness was released in yeah. 1995. Um, I mean, how it was even better than the first one is beyond me. But it was it it. Bought in, as it hinted in the title, more sea battle, air battle, didn't it? It Bought did. more elements, land and air and, and, and ground. Yeah. And I don't know if Commander Conquer had flying vehicles back then. I know they later bought it in, but this they is quite did, a yeah. new, this is quite a new thing though, isn't it? The fact that you, a bit like Diddy Kong Racing, it's no longer on the ground. You Hang can't on. fly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a minute. Command and Conquer's like Diddy whoa. Kong Racing. No, no, heard, no. Oh, sorry. Warcraft, Warcraft is like Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> Think about you it. You've got to hear first, You've got the carts on the ground. You've got the, 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 right, you know. the aeroplanes <laughs> where you can fly, and there's flying, flying like big balloons in Warcraft 2, remember, correct? Like kind of big airships. That's and, right, And also, yeah. there's boats. And there's hover, well, there's not hovercrafts in Warcraft, you can imagine. Orcs, bring up the hovercraft! <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's like a landing craft, isn't it? It's like a landing, like a transport for the troops. Well, like, it's like uh, Commander Conquer now. No, well, no, Adrian, no. Yeah. In, in oh, Warcraft, right, sorry, Warcraft yeah. there's like yep. a little ship that's... Well, there's uh, definitely pirate transport. ships and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What Adrian is really saying is that Diddy Kong racing is better than Mario Kart 64. <laughs> How have we... Get... Right, listen. <laughs> listen, <laughs> I'm going to get the on with you lot in a minute, right? We, we... <laughs> Real-time strategy pod, and we're now arguing about Diddy Kong racing and Mario Kart. <laughs> How has that happened? You know, it's not even the same genre. But this, like, he can say it without anyone like, Rob's shouting Rob's not here, it's fine. You and Rob started that argument about four years ago. Oh, I know. still going. Dear, oh dear. Right. Am I allowed to carry on now? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag hijack. Hashtag hijack, yeah. Um, so the the good thing about um, the likes of Warcraft as well, they would release lots of add-ons. Yeah, lots of yes, add-ons and yes. extras, um, which if you loved, you know, the, 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 the kind of core game, um, it gave players even more um, sort of game time to sink their teeth into. Um, and by this point, titles were now you know, being released thick and fast. Several studios were vying for overall market share uh, with the likes of Blizzard, Westwood, LucasArts and ID Software, all keen to build on a big past and current success. Um, and actually, Blizzard and Westwood, um, I would say, was the most prominent. They developed a particular rivalry um, that a lot of people consider was the fuel for the, the RTS boom in the yeah. mid to late 90s. Because they were just so determined to be the better game, um, they were pushing out top top quality um stuff you know there was no nothing left to chance um and i'd love to have been in some of the development meetings when they were saying oh blizzard's done this and they've got this feature and they've got flying you know airships and they're now got you know uh, planes and all this sort of stuff and um and then you know what do they what do they do they do exactly the same thing and go one better and create even better units yeah yeah? yeah, yeah. so it was literally a game of one-upmanship between those two it's fantastic so I'm going to give you a, an idea of that boom, all right? Now, rather than go through individual titles, I'm just going to give you a kind of a rundown, yeah? But now, before you do yeah, that, go on. Just, I remember around this time, mid-90s, I'd say late, yeah. mid to late 90s. The boom time. And I remember getting a PC Gamer magazine. I think it was PC Gamer, but my uncle used to give me loads of magazines. Yeah. And there was a whole magazine literally dedicated to RTS games, for, so the upcoming RTS games. Yeah. And I, I might be completely wrong here. Was it, well, was it, I, I mentioned one a little while ago. Was it Computer Games Strategy Plus? That it was, might be. That I, was one that rated a couple of them really highly. It's just, I just remember this magazine going, at the moment, and I, you know, it's so many years ago now, but at the moment, in development, there's about 50 RTS games. Yeah. And this is like, they're, they're all planned to come out next year. I'm like, how can you have 50? I mean, I don't think they all obviously they all come out in the end. Yeah, but I was like, I love this genre, but even I can't <coughs> play fifty of these bad boys. Can you imagine that's a, that's a he- well, considering the amount of time it takes to play a game like that successfully yeah, and to exactly. kind of get the most out of it. There's no way. I mean, no. you could. I mean, to be fair, I was playing like Command and Conquer for for a couple of years. Mm. You know, before I'd really kind of gone right. I'm I'm, I'm kind of done with it now. Yeah. Um, 
but to give you an idea, and that's that's a that's a nice little segue. Thank you very much. Um, into the following years and and some of the stuff that was released. Some of them you might have heard of. Some of them you may not. But but again, we're, we're quite highly. I rated. hope you mention one. But well, I'll, if you don't, I'll. Yeah, you can in. chip in. So, nineteen ninety six, we had this. Uh, we had a sequel to Command and Conquer, which was Red Alert. Um, again, the same could be said about that as we said about Warcraft: um, Tides of Darkness. Amazing. Red game. Alert, in my humble opinion, is probably my favourite Command and Conquer game. I think it's the best. It's I, a sprint. I probably agree. It's, yeah. it, it just ticked every single box, but didn't go ridiculously crazy like a few of the future ones. Yeah. Everything was on point. I think originally it was supposed to be an expansion pack, but they thought, "Hang on a minute." This has turned out so good, it needs to be its own game. It was it was Command and Conquer plus plus plus. I'm glad they did. Yeah. Because it was it's such it's such Amazing. a good game. And it stands up today, to be fair. I never played um, it. I I'm actually gonna get onto it's it. Right out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know where it is? Okay. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Did didn't did that come out on the thirty two bit consoles? Yeah, I know Command and Conquer came out yeah, on, did, on, yeah. on the Saturn. Mm. Not sure did about Red Alert. Come out on the PlayStation. Maybe? Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure Red Alert was. Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, because yeah, because obviously the the first Command and Conquer was so successful, mm. they thought, you know what, this this needs a bit more exposure. But yeah. um, m- massive game. Um, yes. Still talk about it now. 1996 also uh, maybe a lesser known game called Gene Wars. Remember Gene Wars? Yeah, I've played that, and it's yeah, so uh, have I. it's an interesting game, isn't it? It's a strange one <laughs> made you, by. Um, I know the company, but bit, bit, Bullfrog. No, Bullfrog, that's it. One of their last right. games, really. Yep. I gave it a few hours. I liked it, but it was a bit too... It's quite niche. Yeah, it... I think is the word I, I... When I looked at... I mean, I remember playing it. I haven't played it, you know, for a long time. But it, essentially, it's 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 mm. about... Ter- you've got to edit the terrain. Um, it's all... It's it's kind of... um It's more of a, a, a nature, science you fiction type game. You have to splice DNA yeah. together and make weird creatures. Cro- you yeah. basically cross crossbreeding species of certain animals and stuff um, and you have to create different animals like a monkey di- giraffe <laughs> yeah, yeah something like, like a that zebra, t- zebra turkey fish if, if zebra turkey fish no, if that's that what, really exists doesn't it that's if that's what blows your skirt up yeah, then, yeah go for it is it <laughs> do you want to hear something really no I'm going to do it I'm go, on, really go, on, go on go on a zebra is a land animal a turkey is an air animal <laughs> And a fish is an underwater animal, so you can link that particular animal to, to the, Warcraft 2 and to the race. <laughs> I did it. I'm going to walk away in a minute, seriously. This is. I mean, I've never seen a flying turkey. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Do yeah. they fly? Have you seen Rocky when, when Paulie bit. chucks? Then, when Paulie yeah. chucks the turkey out. Yeah. You want the bird? Go get the bird. <laughs> you want the bird? <laughs> go get it. He's such a. Oh, that's, anyway. the, that's his lowest point. What Adrian is saying is Diddy Kong racing is better than Mario Kart 64. Sorry, James. Sorry. I'm... How have we got to this point? Why did I sign up for this? Oh, man. Anyway, where, I don't even know where we were. What were we talking about? You're oh, talking about Gene Wars. And Gene, yeah. Gene Wars, yeah. yes. Where were we? 1996. Good year. Uh, there was a game called Zed. Remember oh, called yeah. Zed? That's an interesting game. That was by the Bitmap Brothers. Really difficult. Do you want to tell us what Hard it it's, it's more... The maps are quite small. There's only certain... I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like grids, almost. And you have to build up bases, build... Uh, it's a little bit different. It's almost more... How do I explain? It? It's tough. It's one of the hardest games I play, but it's very engaging, very fun. Good, 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 good sort of sense. It's of very to it. heavy on the strategy. You, it, it, you can't. No, there's not as many options to kind of defeat the enemy. If you get your timing yeah. a little bit off, you're dead. Yeah, it's, it's 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 two armies of red and blue robots. That's right. And they battle to conquer different planets. Essentially, there was a sequel as well. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. Um, 
and you you have to you have to essentially control certain structures to produce units and use those in battle. So as you're controlling it, every few seconds you get a unit pop out. So it's not it's not so much a base building type thing. It's more of a control an area type thing. Um, but again, still under the. It, I mean, it was looked a bit nuts to be fair. Little recommendation: don't play it, Dylan. You won't like. It's too difficult for you. And Keith definitely don't play. <laughs> it. No it's really, really <laughs> stressful. It's <laughs> stressful. Yeah, really stressful. I, I got to about level four, maybe. I was like, I can't get any further. I'd give up. Yeah. You, you would say it's a real-time stressing. <laughs> real-time stressy game. <laughs> Definitely. Um, same year, we had the Settlers 2. Um, yep. And there were, after that, several other sequels and spin-offs. They're still going now. Yep. Um, there's still games on, probably Game Pass, I've no doubt. <laughs> so, I've no doubt. Definitely on Xbox, anyway, and, and various other platforms. Um, and that was Blue Bite, by Blue Bite, sorry. Yes. Um, 97 was Age of Empires, by Ensemble. Um, this was a historic, real, historical mm. real-time strategy game, um, and you had to you had to essentially guide an ancient civilization through four ages: Amazing. Uh, stone, tall, bronze, and iron. So I want to have a go at that. Yeah, I've, very, I've been yeah. eyeing it for a while. It's um, it's actually <clears throat> an excellent game, and I, yeah. I, people argue which is the best one. I don't know. I, I, there are a few. There are a few. There are a few, and. Um, it's just brilliant, I have to say. Yeah. It's a little bit more for me about building your base carefully and so forth. There's fighting, but I think the base building is the biggest element, personally. It's it's a great game. It's a great game, actually. It's fun. And we've had an interview with quite a few chaps that have made it. Yeah. Um, I'll send you all the links later, James. We'll put it in the show notes, but there's loads of people that spoke about it. It's massive. And I'm, sometimes I repost my interviews on social media sites. Occasionally. Sometimes. Sometimes I retweet them. Sometimes <laughs> you see Tumbleweed and does nothing. Sometimes you get down, but so why are you sharing this again, you jerk? But whenever I... Re- <laughs> whenever I reshare, I'm just being nice. If I ever, on Age of Empire sort of forums, it, they lap it up. And like, yeah. Oh yeah, this is brilliant. Thanks again for showing it. Blah, blah, blah. And it, it, honestly, but it's a, it's a different. I don't. I mean, to be mm. fair, I don't think you could have done a historical necessarily um, a, a RTS game on that scale with the computing power prior to that. I think that would have been a bit of a struggle. To be fair, yeah. um, but I mean, again, another different game. It's a historical take rather than the fantasy kind of take, mm. as it were. 100%. So you know, an, another direction that went in. Nineteen ninety-seven. One of my personal favourites, Total Annihilation, uh, by Cave Dog. Um, I mean, I remember. I think I remember like borrowing that from you at one point, Adrian. And then I, um, it was it blew me away. It rather than it being a human based uh, sort of uh, army, it's all machinery. So you build robots that have different tasks. You can build fusion reactors. You can do flying transports and gunships. It's mad. The maps are huge, um, and it's 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 it focuses on the multiplayer and the and the skirmish type thing. Total Annihilation, all I remember, because I, I loved it, but my brother Chris uh, is a really... He still plays it today. There's, there's like mods. There's like a new version of it. Uh, like it's, I, I think it's open source now. That I, I can't remember what it's called now. Sorry, Chris, if you're listening. But it's a Total Annihilation kind of... Not spin-off, but it's really for modern computers. Same, right. same graphics. Yeah. Um, some of the spaceships you can make towards the end of the game... Uh, I'm not joking, about a third of the screen. You move them around. They, honestly, they're huge. And they're so powerful. And yeah. the lasers and the explosions, it's it's absolutely incredible game. It's fun, it's frantic, it's fast. It's... Um, Stressful. A, a very hard. Stressing. Again, I had to say, I, I found Command and Conquerors and the Warcraft a bit more user-friendly, a bit easier. Uh, but I did find Total Annihilation I mean, if you if, if you were into the genre... Yeah. I, I would definitely, I would definitely say, if you've not really gone into the genre, definitely have a look at Warcraft and Command and Conquer as a place to kind of like dip your toe in and have a go at the campaign or whatever. Mm. 
Whereas Total Annihilation was, it was almost a level up or several levels up. I think if you play Total Annihilation before yeah. you've done anything else, you're going to be like, right, I'm scarred for life. Yeah. It's mad. It is mad. It's chaotic. It's, it's just, it's full on. Yeah. It, but it's such a good game. And, and one of my personal favorites, still play it now. And it just, it stands up every time I play it. It's like you always find something new to do, don't you? New combination or something. Um, 97, following that, we had something called Dark Colony by SSI. Um, not many knew about this, but it did gain a little bit of notoriety for, for something. Um, it was set on Mars, uh, fighting alien creatures like the, the big eyed, big headed dudes, you know, the classic alien, yes, uh, setting, base building, lots of guns. But it was it, it gained a little bit of notoriety because it had such a violent opening video sequence. Oh. Now, if you haven't seen this, go onto YouTube, type in Dark Colony uh, 1997 and have a look at the, the opening sequence. It's about two and a half minutes. It's horrendously violent. <laughs> um, almost almost comedically so, yeah. Um, but, well, in 1997 PC graphics, that yeah. is, yeah. So there's, there's, you know, it's kind of, you have to draw the line somewhere. Um, and then in 1998, we had something called Battlezone. Now, not to be confused with the original uh, oh, Battlezone, yeah. 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 But um, it was pretty much nothing like the original arcade, but it did feature tanks. So it was more of a tank yeah. shooter. Yeah. Um, resource gathering, unit building, um, but really most people remember it as just a, an out-and-out tank shooter, and that was by Activision. Um, so yeah, this, this brings us nicely to the end of the millennium, the 1999, um, when we saw one of, if not the first more modern RTS game releases on a console. Um, other, obviously we saw Herzog back in uh, 89, um, on the Mega Drive. Um, but June 2000 was being ported yeah. to the PS1. Yep. Um, others would become available populous the beginning, uh, Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds and a game called KKND. Uh, crush, kill, and destroy. I like the sound of that. Yeah. Um, so despite the PS1 and, and, and then the PS2 seeing uh, RTS releases, the vast majority was still on PC, of course, yeah. and Mac, uh, with the controls uh, and commands of the genre being you know, far more suited to the mouse and keyboard, as we've, as we've already said. So another big name that appeared as we crept up to the millennium was StarCraft. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, uh, 99. Uh, yes, it okay. was 99. Um, yeah. space themed RTS installment of the, the Warcraft series still played today worldwide, yeah. um, with all of the add ons and, and they just keep adding many, on and many expanding. people see it as the best. The Starcraft series <laughs> yeah. for, for some people, not me personally, but for some, they do believe it's the best RTS game out there. Or I can series. see why, because it, yeah. it took what Warcraft had and it made it into the space theme, which then you could just expand into forever and ever and ever. Um, and it's, it's kind of got, you know, a similar following to like World of Warcraft type mm -hmm. stuff. Um, totally different, um, but massive following nonetheless. So the releases were still appearing uh, thick, and th thick and fast through 99 um, and into the millennium. Um, and this kind of ushered in an era to what some would call a bit of an oversaturation of the, the game type. Before you yeah. step into the year 2000, can I chip in with a game that I particularly enjoyed? Give us another one. Hit it, me. It came out in 1999. It's, it's a bit of a niche game, um, but I remember seeing it in the magazine. And I thought, well, this, this is, this is a bit different. And you, you may say, what are you on about, Adrian? It's, 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 it's a typical tank RTS game called Warzone 2100. It's, the usual kind of setting, build your units, build your bases, blah, blah, blah. But I remember reading it and going, wow, in, in this particular game, I don't know if you've ever played it, James, and I think Steve's a fan. 
I've got a feeling Steve White. I think he, I think is. he and, is. And yeah, I, I I think I have played it, but it's going to be one of those ones that I played back in the day and then probably forgot in the mire of all the others. Well, that were this one stood out for me because in this particular game, you could design units and you could customise and have so much customization. You could choose the kind of the, the body of the tanks, the wheels, the actual, you could choose the kind of weapons that go on top and the amount of, and you could build better tanks and research stuff. I think you can make thousands of different types of units towards the end. It's yeah. absolutely astonishing. Massively customizable. And it's fully 3D as well. I appreciate the ones you've spoken about were getting towards that angle, but it's a fully free, it's sort of top down, but you can sort of scroll around quite easily. Warzone 2100, I absolutely adored. A very difficult game, I have to say, but it's something a bit different, I think, made by Pumpkin Studios. Ever anyone heard of Pumpkin no, Studios before? No. They seem closed. No. no. Warzone twenty one hundred didn't last a lot, you know. It didn't, unfortunately. It was on the, it was released on the PS one as well, believe it or not. But an absolutely, uh, abs- absolutely astonishing game, uh, and actually, it's available now. You can play it uh, completely free, um, like an open source. It's like a free to download it's game. Probably on Game Pass as well. It, yeah. it might well be. <laughs> but I just want to give that little shout because it, it's it great. It shout. tried. It tried to try to. Do some different things. Gave you a real customization. I think. I think that the difficulty with that was that it, it, it was almost a bit too late. Um, and I mean, you know, th- those kind of games, like credit where credit's due, because they were trying something different. Mm-hmm. Um, but sadly, did, I don't think it, it stuck. But there we go. No. Warzone twenty one hundred. Good shout. Yeah. Um, but we we sadly do move towards you know the the oversaturation. Uh, oversaturation. Some say as the uh, as the game type. Um, you had a lot of multiplayer sequels. Um, they they didn't fare as well, uh, or anywhere near as well as the originals. Um, and other standalones um, that that were released were too kind of alike the already established uh, games uh, to make a name for themselves and create their own kind of unique stamp. So there are some notable titles um, in the in the kind of quagmire, as it were, uh, that delivered a standout experience from the sea of competition. So we had Sudden Strike. Do you remember that one? It was a World War, like a, almost like a World War Two. Um, sim to a degree, okay. no. Um, very, very difficult. Um, but looked amazing. Yeah, you had to spend hours on that one. Shogun Total War, uh, oh, yeah. Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds, um, and Cossacks Art of War. Do you remember Cossacks? Yeah, rings a bell. Don't. I, I'd never played it, but it's. Um, it, I think it got a lot of. Um, a lot of positives. Um, and that was during the early part of of the millennium. But it wasn't until around two thousand and six. Uh, when EA released uh, a, the game called Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle-Earth 2 um, on the Xbox 360 that a different console audience were kind of brought on board. Yeah, because until then, it was like we say, it was all PC. So the original only, had only ever been released on the PC. So Battle for Middle-Earth was only on PC. Um, so this particular title, the second one, had a full bespoke Xbox 360 interface and control system. Mm. Pretty much the first one to do it. Um, it used the console's control pad and the array of buttons um, and a clever use of the triggers as well to expose and retract a building menu. So you held the trigger down and a, almost like a crescent nice. oh, came okay. out and then as you let it go the menu disappeared. Um, it really very clever and v- very um, intuitive as well. Um and it it, um, it it leveled up the playing field between uh, console and PC, especially when battling online, um, because I believe it was crossplay as well. Um, I, I, I may stand corrected on that, but it, it obviously got, you know that was a huge opportunity then for for players uh, of that game, and it was pretty successful. Um, I've 
ploughed a lot of hours into that one um because i absolutely love it um loads of lord of the rings locations it's all licensed etc um so you get all the music you get all the you know the imagery and that sort of stuff so you can fight as your gondors your eyes and guards etc etc um generally well received the some critics said it lacked the full scope of the the lord of the rings universe um but i mean you know at the time with an xbox 360 i don't think you could have you could have gone any more grandiose because you just didn't have the computing power now Maybe different, but is there an appetite for it? You know, who knows? Yeah, you're just waiting for Amazon to pump a billion dollars into a video, uh, to a series, well, aren't we? Maybe that'll know, get people. Ma- maybe it will off the back. Maybe it will off the back of Rings of Power. Who knows? Um, so after the second wind of, of real time strategy sequels and spin offs, they continue to arrive in, in franchises like Settlers. You had Warhammer: Dawn of War, um, yeah. uh, Command and Conquer, now under EA. And um, they carried on releasing things like Tiberian Sun and. But that's why it's on Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> I there's a f- again, James. I don't want to step on your toes, but there's a few reasons Do why it. I think the series sort of got bloated and they almost shot themselves in the foot a little bit because some of the, the latter Command and Conquer games, uh, and I remember that it was for me this distinction from the big box PC games to the very slim ones. I was like, oh, okay, and that was kind of it, that kind of coincided. So I think it was Command and Conquer. Free, maybe, maybe even f- or Red Alert Free, maybe. I can't remember the exact one, but it was like, what is this? This is not proper. This is this is crazy, man. And then they brought out that FPS com- Command and Conquer game, which which yeah. I just it don't, it, it didn't work. I just it's just I felt I felt out of love with it, and I think also also again I'm pretty going to jump on your toes a bit here. Warcraft Three, which I might want to talk about a little bit if you don't don't mind in a second. That almost showed Blizzard that. The kind of element of having these big sort of like, leaders of your clan who yeah. can upgrade and give them spells. That was kind of, I think it came out before World of Warcraft. So they kind of thought well, Warcraft 3 was quite successful, but a lot of the game is like these individual characters. Why don't we just make a, a proper open world MMPO, whatever it's called, World of Massively Warcraft game. multiplayer online role playing game. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, ah, just, they, I wish they almost played it a bit safer in a way they almost thought we've got to add this this and this and it just it got too I, far I, I think that's that that tells us about the, the the time period in which it was happening though you know the, those studios thought they had to keep pushing harder and putting more things in and and the thing is more sometimes is never better you know especially in games yeah. um people like what they know and you know we spoke before about brand new stuff that's coming out that's completely groundbreaking people are like ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh, you know ooh, ooh, yeah. give that a wide berth um it's it's just such a it's such a yeah. difficult thing to gauge, isn't it? Um, but there we are. That's that's kind of um, where where we were at the moment. And I mean, games were still delivering. You know, people were still buying them. Um, but it, it it was a much more saturated and fast uh, fast paced market versus the mid to late nineties. Um, it was becoming more and more difficult to stand out. Um, and and as we as we kind of move into the the late noughties, um, the FPS and racing market for games was absolutely exploding. Um, you had titles, um, you know, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare was the first Modern Warfare game exploded. You had the likes of Fallout, Far Cry, Turok, um, who I know you, you've spoken to, to the guys, Adrian, that, that, that made that again, another successful game. Um, and things like Need for Speed, Most Wanted in Carbon, big, big, big racing games, um, yeah. that were, that were kind of taking, taking the reins. Um, and, and they, 
they gained the biggest followers. You know, uh, they really did. There were, I mean, there were some standout titles which did relatively well. Halo Wars, for example, off the, off the back of the original Halo release. Um, not as well as I think they'd hoped, yeah. uh, but it was it, it was still a relatively good release. StarCraft sequels, add-ons, etc., always going to do well. Um, and uh, remasters and remakes of things like The Settlers and Command and Conquer. But ultimately. Yeah. Um, the golden age of RTS games had, had well and truly come to an end, I would say. And I'll give you my verdict on, on when exactly I thought that yeah, was. Yeah. Um, so this brings us to today, right now. Um, and the opinion across kind of all console platforms, definitely, um, is that um, the RTS genre desperately needs a new lease of life uh, with some some big titles there's so many people that i and again this is gaming forums this is this is things like uh, facebook instagram uh, you know just people chatting to people about gaming and stuff like that there are so many people that play both pc and console that say console really needs a yeah. couple of big rts titles mm. um they've just it's just been neglected for so long um and um, i mean PC players, you know, you can access the likes of the Steam platform where, you know, there, there's hundreds and, and whatever games of uh, things that you don't get on console. Yep. Um, yes, we've got Game Pass. I know that, Dylan, before you come in there. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we, we console, I say we, cons- console players don't really have that depth of, no. of choice. Um, but I want to throw a question out just quickly, just to, and, and everyone listening as well. So get in touch with this one to, 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 to give us a shout. Do we think that there could be a console kind of RTS heyday in, in this day and age of gaming? And why do we think there never really was one in the first place? Yes, we know the control element, but it can be done. Look at Battle for Middle-Earth 2. Very intuitive, very easy to use, leveled the playing field. Um, why didn't other studios, you know, do that? And could they do it now? What do you think? I wonder if it was just always a feeling that it would be too niche. Okay. For console gamers. It's a fair point. For console gamers. Because console developers tend to gravitate towards the people pleasers, don't they? Like, yeah, whatever's popular. Person, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. first person shooters. <laughs> yeah. Racing. Sports games. Racing. Yeah. yeah, sports games. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've got, and as I say, I, I've heard it not just from, not just at one time and, and not just from one person. Mm. I, I've actually heard the rumblings of this for months mm-hmm. and months and months. And there's been so many people, like I'll go on PlayStation forums or Xbox yeah. forums or whatever. The, the, there are people crying out and saying, look, we'd love to get a really good quality mm. AAA RTS game, you know, mm. because the it multiplayer just, scope you could do now it is as well, massive. Because if you there's so many, like, there's so many huge licenses that, Sony and Microsoft yeah. they've got that you know that they it's could a phone buy call away, isn't it? To, yeah to do uh, you know whatever Star Wars whatever you know a huge yeah. license and build that into an artist there'd be a market for it definitely and I, and I think um, I think that there are some that get swallowed up by not being advertised very well perhaps mm. or whatever is but, there a Star Wars RTS that would be I don't, done yes I don't know. yes there is it's okay. uh, late late noughties I think um, but again I, I think that the um, the advertising and the and what just wasn't really up to scratch right. so there was a lot of people that, that that didn't know about it but you're right i think oh here's one i never even really watched go it on. what about a game of thrones rts there you go bam there you go i've done it for you can we change how it's like we allowed to change how it ends then that right <laughs> <laughs> well if you do it based on house of the dragon then yeah you know you could but great shout loads of it's units loads like, of places yeah, yeah. You know, so there's there's so many of those kind of licenses, you know, because that's how, mm. that's how they would do it, wouldn't they? For that record, they, you know, brand recognition, and-, and they need to change their mindset. The way things are going now, you hinted earlier, Dylan, is they're too scared to try new things. And an mm. RTS on a console, you're going to get the big the big wigs in Sony and, and what, what Blizzard. They're going to be like, and, nah. 
no, that's not successful. No, that won't work. Here. It wouldn't. Work. They were not. They're not going to do it unless do they, they change their like mindset. I was playing Mirror's Edge the other day, and I and I really like Mirror's Edge. By the way, I think it's a great game. Uh, and spoiler alert: I, I got the sort of updated version, but I was reading some history behind it, and EA was so reluctant to ever make another. Um, Mirror's Edge that, that eventually they subsided all these fans like, we need it we remake it blah, blah, blah. they just done a remastered version it's really interesting uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst and if you guys have ever played the sort of, it's not even a sequel it's kind of a weird I remaster I've played it's, the original but not, not the remaster it's bizarre and I might, might one day do a pod on it because it's quite an interesting story but yeah. then that, but even it, but that didn't do particularly well the the <laughs> Now they're too scared. They'll be too scared. And I hope someone proves me wrong. But then, but then this look at the you know, and, and I know we're, we're sort of edging into the into the modern gaming sort of zone here. Yeah. But I mean, that that just speaks volumes about what's going on at the moment. Mm. Look at look at the amount of remakes, remasters. Oh. Um, look at look at the amount of add-ons. Look at the amount of you know. As I say, I've mentioned. I mean, I, you know, it loathes me to mention it, but look at the Call of Duty universe. Yeah. It's just been you know redone and re-rinsed to mm-hmm. to death. You know, but the fact is, there's people still buy it, but yeah, y- there is an appetite for something different. I think. But, but James, so, again, I don't want to. I hate being a negative person because that's not my mate. That's not my that's mentality. Not your bag. But they redone Warcraft Three. I think it's called Re- Warcraft Reforged or Re- Forged or something like that. I can't remember. I think word. Reforged is correct. Actually, and it, yeah. it got terrible reviews. Yeah, it, and Blizzard were like, well. It just was a poor... I haven't played the conversion tree, but I played Warcraft 3 the, properly, and it's a really good game, actually. But they were like, this has ne- got so much negative press, and yeah. this is before the real negative press of Blizzard, let's be completely honest. But yeah. it, I think that if you get all that negative press, you probably think, well, what's the point of ever mm. going into this genre ever again? And I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not defending Blizzard, because they did a poor conversion, or they wanted to remaster it, but they took away a lot of features and stuff. I'm like, come on. But they're probably thinking it's not worth the hassle. So it, it's a shame because it, it needs more than one studio to kind of step up because you need a couple of studios to start going, right, they've done this. We need to be better. They've done this. We need to be better. Um, like Westwood, you know, Westwood and, 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 and Blizzard. But will we see it? I don't know. It might. As soon, upper- as soon as EA bought Westwood, no chance. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I, th- I do. I do They're think very the negative, appetite. I say. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. You, it's realistic. I, I think the appetite's there, though. So yeah, I do. I you know, want it. Whoever's, I you want know, it, man. everyone listening. If you like RTS, listen. Tag in the studios. Let them know. <laughs> Let them know you want something different. Send them. This, send them that po- this podcast. Send it to them. <laughs> so. Um, that brings me to asking the question: Are there any kind of titles modern day that, that give us the same level of experience? I mean, uh, and this is really sad because I sat there a couple of nights ago, and the answer was no. It just was no. I mean, I go back to the Battle for Middle Earth purely because of the control system. I go back to Command and Conquers. I go back to the Warcrafts. I go back to all that type of stuff. I mean, there's 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 the likes of um, you, things like Rampart on the Master System. Oh, yeah. Or, or don't get me started you know, on Rampart. Cracking crack <laughs> little, crack yeah. little game. Um, but I mean, is there anything? And we're going to struggle, I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, there are things. I mean, I, I played a, a shout out. Give a shout out to, to Jurassic World Evolution. Anyone played that? You basically no. manage your own dinosaur park, which is yeah, like, but that's, that's the same old it? It's yeah. a sim. It's yeah. not an RTS. It's technically impressive, very dull. Because I've got it. I bought. I bought that well, outright. Not even on Game Pass. Whoa! I bought that. I had. I go for free on I gold. Hey, I had the best Christmas day in 2020. I couldn't go to Jen's for some reason, and obviously my kid was with his mum, and I spent all day eating chicken wings. And yes, macaroni Controlling cheese. I'm playing Jurassic World <laughs> Evolution, uh, which is it's nice at first, and it, yeah, has it kind of has those feels, but it's re- once you get into it. it Double. I, th- I but, think it's it, it has a certain amount of hours. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm 
I mean, I'm enjoying. I mean, the, my kids would sit and watch watch it, and they'll shout all the dinosaurs, and they love it. So for me, that's kind of a bit. It's a bit sad when one of your it, dinosaurs gets ill and something. It's a bit yeah. Oh, yeah. A bit like, oh. Although I like flying a helicopter around and darting the T Rex and stuff yeah. like, for no reason whatsoever. But <laughs> I, I know what you mean. There's limited. There's limited kind of time on it. But but there we go. I mean, it's, it's a sad situation. Is is there mm. is there? Do we have anything like you know the the, the games those classic right. games of old? Um, no, we well. Been. You say no, but recently I, I treated myself to something on Steam called June Spice Wars. And I was like, I like June. I saw it was coming out. I thought I'd give it a go. Um, but I'm not that intelligent because this game is a, is a, a thinking man's RTS. I don't know if you've heard oh, of it. Oh, that's dangerous. And it's more political in negotiating. And, doing, and I was like, oh, wow. I just want to blow stuff up. <laughs> so I played it for a couple hours and I didn't know what I was really doing. I hadn't really given it a really good go yet. So I'm not trying to have a go at the game per se. But I just think it's, you have to sort of negotiate, trade, do this. I'm like, it's probably quite accurate to what June was yeah, really yeah. about. But it wasn't quite, it didn't get, didn't scratch my itch. So sorry. And people shout at me going, you've got to give it a bit more time. You, you're not smart enough. And that's fine. I, I can take it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there you go. June Spice Wars. But again, if it's good, let me know, please. I mean, there's just, there's so many we could, we could talk about, to be fair. Um, but um, we come to the most important question. When exactly? Do we place the golden era 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 of RTS games? So look, go on. Well, I, I I stole your pod and I stole your question. Thank you. And I put it on Reddit, didn't I? There's a real time strategy Reddit group. You it's did. Quite popular, and it's got 123 upvotes. Woo! With 100, 109 comments. Woo! Wow. So, I don't know if that's good or not. I don't know. But listen, that's it's good. good. Let's just say it's good. Okay. <laughs> um, the, the biggest comment, which has got 45 upvotes, says it lost its throne once MOBAs became a thing. What's MOBAs? M-O-B-A. Uh, it's a type of game, but I can't remember what, what type of game. Will you Google MOBAs. it? Because we sound stupid now, please. M-O-B-A. I'll do it. Uh, anyway, yeah, go on. Uh, they go on to say oh yeah someone said MOBA question mark here we go it's a multiplayer online battle arena there you go multiplayer (laughs) online battle arena video (laughs) game so thank you the person that asked that question Uh, again I don't want to read all this out but this person's got 40 upvotes I don't know any of these games that are apparently MOBAs (laughs) 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 there's those blurred lines again IGN com 1 said it's hard to say looking at Wikipedia's list of RTS games I think might, some might say that the Golden Age engine 2013, as titles like StarCraft 2, never truly eclipsed what came before. But since 2016 or 2017, we have entered a less glorious but significant silver age of RTS. Age of Empires expansions are more popular than ever with remasters. Silver age? Silver age. You can't have that. Sorry. The bronze age. Bronze age. <laughs> Wood age. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, He's mentioned a few games recently. Starship Troopers, apparently. That'd be pretty cool. Terran, Command, Iron Harvest, and Five Nations. Um, All right. So the still... We're not talking about Silver Age. Come on. Get, get, we're talking about the Golden Age. <laughs> That's on the next one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man... So many comments, and I can't read them all. I, I, out. Think, it's I madness. think literally it, that everybody's got something to say on this, um, and I mean, the, let, let the convo, you know, continue. But I mean, the, I'm going to give I'm going to give my verdict in a minute. But I mean, um, mm. you know, it, it is a great debate, and the the gaming community as a whole. The good the good thing about it is that we can have those kind of discussions, and yes. the thing is, everyone can have their own type of opinion without mm. being, you know, without being ridiculed which i like mm-hmm. i like that well you know? yeah so if i had to press you specifically adrian okay because mm-hmm. the other guys are kind of <laughs> just here as spectators <laughs> yes <laughs> if i had to press you for a kind of really accurate 
specific golden era of RTS, what would you say based on kind of what we've just been through and your own experience? I think the genre really found its feet properly when Command & Conquer was released. Okay. And then I'm going to say it ended with Warcraft 3. Warcraft 3 for me was the end. Warcraft 3 was a really good game, but it was just, just tipping over. Just what tipping sort of over. Years are we, what sort of years are we talking So you're talking not, 1994 to... When not, was Warcraft not, 3 coming out? I don't know. That's a good question. Warcraft 3 would have been, what, 2000? Something like that, or yeah, just before? Yeah. I mean, maybe, okay. Maybe a little bit Maybe I'll Google expert. I didn't have that one down. So... I suppose I better give a verdict. But it's a long, it's quite a long stretch, and I love is, that yeah. genre. It, well, Red it, Alert for me was the best. That's the best game, I, and I don't think I don't think there'll be many people arguing that fact. Mm. I mean, I've I, I sat and thought for a long time about this, um, and I've actually uh, got. I, I, I mean, I believe that the golden era of RTS games was was pretty short. Actually, pretty fleeting, and I think that World the Warcraft Three was two thousand and two. Oh, oh two thousand two. That wasn't far off, but. I've got it down as only three years. Not, I'm wow. going to, I'm saying 94 to 97. Eesh. Now, and there's a specific reason for that, which I'll, which I'll come on to, but this is mainly because of the release of Warcraft Orcs and Humans. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was such a, 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 a massive deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huge game that everyone got into, but also with the arrival of Command and Conquer, Age of Empires, Total Annihilation, etc. within that, that time frame. So, the ti- those titles took all of the elements of the genre and they allowed the player to control each and every one of them. Yeah, it wasn't just yeah. parts of um, the, the genre. It was everything all in one game, yeah? Um, which was, you know, building, researching, driving, fighting, capturing, resource gathering, etc. We could go on. Um, so, I mean, I, I had thought of extending it to an earlier period. Um, but for me, although there were some, like, extremely prominent titles... Um, they'd not quite, quite ignited the fire that I, I, yeah. I would say that yeah. would blow the market wide open. Um, and really the main reason is because of the rivalry between studios, um, which was clear, you know, they were making the best possible games because they had to, yeah. they, they, they didn't want to be seen to be second best. Um, and, and that, that broke more ground naturally, mm-hmm. um, and put, um, more and more cutting edge and playable games, you know, out on those franchises yeah, so yeah 94 to 97 for me go which, free. you know that that doesn't mean i'm discounting the games you know outside of that are you telling me it. you hate warzone 2100 oh, here we go <laughs> well, are you telling me that diddy kong racing is not better than mario kart <laughs> <laughs> here we go um so we had a twitter poll actually just as we as we oh, come oh, to yeah, a close yeah. here we had a twitter poll some weeks ago um just to test the water on a, a few titles um and the, the results they well, partly surprised me but that's because i'm slightly biased towards one of the titles um i asked which ones out of command and conquer warcraft and total annihilation our followers would prefer um it was a resounding win for command and conquer mm. actually um i'm surprised you know i, I thought there would have been more love for for uh, warcraft given the you know the following yeah, of world of warcraft of course, for example yeah. Um, and the same with Total Annihilation, you know, being so, so groundbreaking. But there we are. People just love Command and Conquer and, um, all hail CNC. So, and why not? Great game. So, I mean, I'd love for this, this conversation to continue. There's so much more to say. Um, but obviously we've got to, you know, we've got to close things down. Otherwise we'd, we'd be here all day. Um, and Dylan's like looking at me as if to say, you know, come on, <laughs> come on get, get your arse in gear. So, 
When you lovely people out there listen to this pod, do do give us your input. Tag yeah. us in your opinions. Um, and, and like I said, any favourites of the genre, or if you've got any that we've not mentioned, any hidden gems, anything, that, even indie ones, or anything at all yeah, that yeah. you, you want to shout out, um, t- you know, tag us in them, tag the people that are involved in them. Um, and, and, you know, if you just want to have a general moan at studios that they haven't released enough, then tag th- them in as well. Um, and um, we, we can have another another great chat about it online. But for me, chaps, that just about wraps things up for this episode. Um, and um, thank you all for contributing. Adrian, thanks for all your stories. My Fantastic. pleasure, my pleasure. And, um, and there we are. That's my, my take uh, on the golden era of real-time strategy games. See you again. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. You can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash arcadeattackuk. Check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots more retro gaming goodness and to delve into our archives. Our podcasts are also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review and a rating, we'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to support Arcade Attack, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash arcadeattack which will give you access to exclusive podcasts, interviews and other bonus content. So, until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.